0: What's going on, guys? Welcome back to WrestleRant Radio for Thursday, July 22nd, 2021. I am Graham GS Matthews. Hope you guys are doing well and having a great week as we all have been in the world of wrestling. Uh, no matter how abysmal Raw was on Monday, although it was a newsworthy show, there was a lot to complain about and talk about and buzz about coming out of that show on Monday night. There's a lot to discuss, really, coming out of the past week in wrestling, from Raw, from Money in the Bank, which I thought was one of the better shows WWE has done in recent years, to be quite honest with you. Uh, We had SmackDown last week, Dynamite last night, NXT on Tuesday, the return of fans, and there's been a lot of reports, a lot of rumors. Today it was confirmed, a lot of people buzzing about this baby. SummerSlam coming to movie theaters, that's right. No, I'm just kidding. CM Punk and Brian Danielson could indeed be headed to AEW. CM Punk in talks for a return to wrestling. It doesn't have to necessarily be AEW, but that is the most likely landing spot. Brian Danielson reportedly per Bodyslam.net and the CM Punk news came over from Fightful. Uh, The Brian Danielson news, he could be signed, sealed and delivered already for AEW. So it's been a massive week in the world of wrestling and there's no better time for us to be back on the road in front of fans right now with the current ever-changing and exciting landscape of professional wrestling. Impact had their Slammiversary pay-per-view last week, which, Origin I don't talk at all in our conversation later on, but that was a great show, too. Jay White showing up is really fucking cool, so... There's a lot to like, and there's a lot to not like in wrestling right now, too, specifically with Monday Night Raw, but overall, the landscape in wrestling is very exciting, it's a lot of fun, and there's a lot of cool shit coming up in the weeks and months to come, including here on today's Wrestle Rant Radio. Because in addition to my usual convo with Mr. Marceau breaking down everything of what I just said, I got my exclusive interview with the now former Raw Women's Champion Rhea Ripley dropping here on today's WrestleRant Radio. I talked to Rhea twice before last year. I don't think I aired either interview here on the show. I don't think I did. Um, But we did talk before Money in the Bank last week about her feud with Charlotte, her current character people she wants to face, a lot of cool stuff, and I always enjoy talking to Rhea, she's a lot of fucking fun to talk to, she's awesome, and um, yeah, you guys are going to enjoy that interview, but before then, if you want to check out new episodes of Rant Radio every single week, every single Thursday, you can do so by finding us on WrestleRant.com, WrestleRantRadio.com, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Podbean and google podcast you can rate the show review the show subscribe to the show and never miss an episode now here's my exclusive interview with the now former raw women's champion taped last week prior to the pay-per-view rhea ripley hey rhea how are you hey i'm
1: good how
0: you doing doing great obviously coming up on sunday money in the bank pay-per-view you charlotte flair raw women's championship yet again how you feeling right now how you feeling going into sunday
1: um I'm excited. I'm excited for the crowd being back in attendance. Um, but then, at the other, <laughs> on the other side, I'm—I don't want to say nervous because I'm not too nervous, but I'm—I'm I'm sort of ready. I'm ready mm-hmm. to step in the ring with Charlotte Flair, and I'm ready for all her little games that she's going to play.
0: i mean you said it right there you guys have had two prior matches one at hell in the cell one at wrestlemania last year this is going to be your first in front of fans though so how do you think that's going to change the dynamic of this match on sunday with you and charlotte
1: uh i feel like it's definitely going to rev both of us up a lot more (laughs) (laughs) which is gonna be interesting because i feel like every time we step in the ring we're already pretty revved up at each other So I feel like this one's going to be definitely brutal and we're going to get a lot of adrenaline from the fans in attendance. So we're just going to go completely ham, I reckon. We're just going to try and obliterate each other Mm -hmm. until the very end.
0: This might be the best match you guys have had to date coming up on Sunday, because, I mean, it's going to be a trivia note 10 years from now, but you guys had the first match on WrestleMania Night 2 last year, and that was a great match inside of a literal empty building at the Performance <laughs> Center. So, like you said, just having the fans there has got to rev you up and probably make this the best encounter you guys have had to date, probably, right?
1: Yeah, I feel like this is definitely going to be one of our best matches. Um, I just have a good feeling about it. Um, I feel like it's definitely going to bring out that other side of both of us Mm -hmm. where we just don't want to stop at all. So I don't know how long we're going to fight for, but we're going to fight until the very end. No matter how hurt both of us get, we're just going mm. <laughs> to completely just go for it. And at the end of the day, I'm going to walk out the role Women's champion in front of the entire crowd. So I'm pretty excited.
0: <laughs> of course. And like you said, it's going to be a war. It's going to be a fun match that people are going to be looking forward to. And, and you mentioned the fans coming back. And it's so cool, too, because obviously the first, uh, aside from WrestleMania, the first pay-per-view with fans in close to a year and a half, it's been close to 18 months. But for you guys, it's got to feel like it's been five, 10 years after competing in the Thunderdome, competing at the Performance Center with and without people. Uh, What are your thoughts on the fans coming back and how excited are you for that?
1: Yeah, it definitely feels like forever. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I'm very excited because, like, it's been so different going to the Thunderdome and working there because it sounds different to how it could be. Like, you don't ever know if what you're hearing is correct, where when you're in front of a crowd... The sound that you hear, it's exactly how they're feeling. Mm-hmm. And I, I really do miss connecting with the crowd in that way and hearing when they like or dislike something and being able to look at them in the first, second, third row, make eye contact and make them feel something that they didn't know they could feel or uh, vice versa. Mm-hmm. Like, they sort of bring something out of all of us performers and it definitely is something that's been missed uh, so i can't i honestly can't wait to start traveling again it, I, it honestly feels like <laughs> way too long like i've i've missed it and i know everyone else has too so i have i have a very good feeling about the future and how all of us are going to react and what sort of performances we're going to bring to the table
0: yeah, for sure. I mean, it adds the extra element to the show that wasn't there before, and I've spoken to a few people in the last couple of months that it's it's like they're an extra character is the crowd at the show, and I think that was evident at WrestleMania, because the show would've been, you know, good otherwise, but having the crowd there really just adds that extra atmosphere and that layer to a lot of these matches and characters and stuff like that and for you specifically it's it's interesting because you kind of go back and look at your journey through NXT now to Monday Night Raw and it all kind of starts with the pandemic period when you go back to when you lost the NXT Women's Championship at WrestleMania the first major show with no fans you kind of had that roller coaster of a year again all of in front of no fans you arrive on Raw you win the Raw Women's Championship in front of fans and you had one of your most pivotal years after that quick rise in late 2019 you know winning the Championship and being at Survivor Series and one of the most breakout performances in WWE history, to then go to having no fans and again the roller coaster of a year. How has it been to have one of your more pivotal years in your career in front of no fans and to kind of have that go full circle with fans coming back on Sunday?
1: <laughs> it's it's been completely wild to say the least. Um, it's it's been so strange at times, just like not knowing how anyone's sort of feeling. Um, So I'm very intrigued for this Sunday to see how people react when I walk out Uh, because, honestly, I'm not too sure how people feel about me right now. Um, And I know a lot of people didn't really know me too well before I came to Raw, so Mm -hmm. a lot of people might still not know exactly who I am, and I'm here to show everyone exactly who I am. Uh, So I'm very intrigued to hear sort of noises that come out of their mouths when I walk out and I can't wait to possibly change their mind and make them back me up and cheer for me and believe in me because they should because I'm Mm -hmm. here to stay and I'm the Royal Women's Champion so it's going to be very interesting to say the least.
0: Yeah, no, like you said, I think that's going to be an exciting part to look forward to at Money the Bank on Sunday because you, you and Charlotte have been feuding during the entire pandemic period, obviously on and off, but, like, starting last year, you first confronted yeah. her in front of fans. But, like, everything else since then, the fans haven't been there to react to really anything. And you kind of bring that up, too, and how you don't know if fans or how they're going to react to you come Sunday. And we've seen a lot of different sides to you since you've arrived in the main roster. And speaking to you now and having spoken to you in the past, you're so damn likable, but like in having the last couple of, you know, appearances on Raw and like on Raw Talk, giving Kevin Patrick a rough time, what are your thoughts on the uh, dynamic? I mean, you ask dumb questions sometimes, so it's not entirely your fault, but like, what are, you, what are your thoughts on that di- uh, the current dynamic, rather, of this Charlotte Flair feud? Because it's been confusing for a lot of people, like, who are we supposed to cheer for here? You know what I mean? Like, can you kind of shed some light on that a little bit?
1: Yeah, I mean, people just got to pick one. Pick one. <laughs> I guess. It's the same with, like, Stone Cold. Was he really going out there being such a nice guy? Yep. No, he wasn't. And people loved him for it. So I don't see why people are getting so angry about my feud with Charlotte and getting so confused over it when I'm pretty much just doing the same thing that I did in NXT and people love me for it. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, sorry, I go don't, Oh, no, good. I don't believe that, like, there should be... Allocated faces and heels Mm -hmm. I think people should go out there and do their thing and you choose whether you like that person or not Um, Which is also why I'm very intrigued to see my reaction this Sunday because I just want to see how everyone feels about me Um, But I feel like I haven't changed too much. I'm still the same person I go out there and I just want to fight I want to prove my point and I want to show everyone exactly what I can do and who I am Um, so whether you choose to like that, great. If you choose to hate it, I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) So I guess it's Sunday.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, we'll find out on Sunday. And like you said too, it's interesting because we've always kind of had that shades of gray might be the best way to put it over the last 20 years with various superstars and, and characters and stuff like that. Um, and it's crazy too, just, you know, and you've said in, in, in the past and how towards the end of your NXT time that you felt that you grew soft as a baby face or a good guy, whatever, what have you. Um, was it like a a factor, maybe not a factor, was it intentional on your part? I guess is the right word that I'm looking for. Was it intentional on your part arriving on Raw and saying, hey, I want to go back to the Rhea Ripley that I was in NXT UK or when I first arrived in NXT and kind of do the same badass... I mean, you were badass in NXT regardless, but like, you know what I mean? Like having a bit of both. Was it like intentional arriving on Raw to kind of do something a little bit different than what you were doing towards towards the end of your time in NXT?
1: Yeah, for sure. I feel like... When I was in NXT UK, people hated me to begin with, but then they grew to <laughs> like me. Yeah, I didn't change anything about myself. And then I started going to NXT, and I still had that, and people were behind me. And then once I started caring for others around me and sort of being nicer to people, I felt like people sort of dropped off and mm-hmm. didn't really care too much about me. And, I mean, that's all good and fine but it's hard to be someone that's so caring and doesn't get any sort of good reaction from it. So me being me, I'm like, all right, I'll just go back to my old ways. Like Mm -hmm. if if you don't care about me, I'm not going to care about you. (laughs) And then (laughs) any bet you'll come crawling back and want to be a part of my fan group. So that's sort of like what my mentality was going to raw. I was just like trying to find myself and find my confidence because In NXT UK, I had such a strong aura of confidence around me and I really did miss that Rhea Ripley from those days. So I just tried to be the same Rhea Ripley that I was then uh, because that's when I feel like I was my strongest and my healthiest and I accomplished so much in my career Mm -hmm. and that's all I want to do. I want to accomplish things. I want to make history. I want to hit my goals and and do everything that there is to be done. Um, So that's sort of where my mentality came from. Um,
0: Yeah. Yeah. Or sorry, go ahead, my bad.
1: No, you're good, you're good.
0: No, I was just going to say, kind of going off of what you said, and, and it's been awesome to see, too, just that evolution of your you know, on-air persona, who you are as Rhea Ripley over the last couple of years. And it's worked. Like you said, people can pick who they want to cheer and boot for in, you know, in your current battles with Charlotte Flair, but it's worked because you're still the Raw Women's Champion three months after winning at WrestleMania. So there is something to be said for that. And not only that, too, you go back a little bit to NXT UK, as you mentioned. Literally within, I don't know, what has it been, a year and a half, you win the NXT UK Women's Championship, first ever. You win the NXT Women's Championship, and now you're the Raw Women's Champion, the first ever person to win championships on all three brands, uh, all those three specific titles. How crazy has it been? And that's like a five-year journey within the span of a year and a half. And you only being 24 now? Is that how old you are? Yeah. <laughs> how crazy is that? I mean, kind of take me through that. that has got to be wild for you.
1: Yeah, it's absolutely insane. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly like I don't know what life is anymore. It's just it's just crazy. It's been such a roller coaster from like first moving here at twenty years old and being a part of the first Mae Young classic and then not really knowing if wrestling was for me and going through this sort of rut where I didn't know if I could continue anymore. And then sort of just like pushing through it and having to believe in myself when no one else did, to so then go to the second May Young Classic and <laughs> knock the ball out of the park and just take control and show everyone exactly what I had been working for that entire time. And now like to be able to like accomplish such amazing things, like becoming the first ever NXT UK women's champion, the NXT Women's Champion, and the Royal Women's Champion in such a limited time, like you said, like I am so proud of myself for sort of just like pushing through all the hard times and not forgetting who I was as a person Mm. and sort of just like building that confidence within myself and never like just, I never stopped believing in my abilities. uh, Even when I just didn't want to believe in them. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad that I sort of kept going and, try to stay somewhat positive in my darker times because without that I wouldn't be the Rhea Ripley that you see today and I wouldn't be so accomplished and I wouldn't have been these champions that you see and such a strong individual and someone that people actually look up to which I think is wild like I'm 24 years old and I got like 35 year olds saying I want to be Rhea Ripley when I grow up Like, (laughs) like that's just insane to me and it makes me so happy that I could impact people's lives like that, like that's what my job's all about and it's just incredible
0: it is wild too and again like you said only being 24 years old my girlfriend's 22 she just had her birthday a couple months ago and we watch Raw together every week and every time she hears your music she immediately pays attention and we watch the show regardless but like we gotta turn up the volume and pay extra attention to whatever Rhea Ripley is doing on the show because not only is she a (laughs) fan of you as on the show but like just as a person having met and talked to the before she's such a fan so like you said that influence is just amazing and it's widespread And, and that's even before you arrived on Raw you had that influence on a lot of people even before coming to the main roster so it's crazy not seeing that but speaking of kind of like that move to Raw uh, what's been that adjustment period like for you? Have you found your footing so far on Raw and you've been here for four or five months or you still kind of getting used to it because it's got to be a different beast than NXT?
1: Yeah it's completely different I didn't think it would be so different um, I feel like I'm still trying to find my footing Um, it's nearly there mm-hmm. it's nearly there just it's so unpredictable, and that's something that I'm not used to just yet. Like, it's also like got a different sort of stress level to it because there are more eyes on it. Like, you did before. I didn't realize how many people watched Raw and SmackDown, and how many people watched NXT. And now I'm sort of getting the picture that there's a lot more people tuning in to Raw and SmackDown, which puts a lot more pressure and stress on myself to. Perform and do fantastic, especially being such a perfectionist as I am. I want everything to be perfect, and I I hate when I do a bad job. So it's like that sort of stress level is just like something to get used to. I mm. feel like it's grown me. It's just not completely there. Yeah, I feel like with more reps and having like the road shows and the live pay, uh, the live per views and the live TVs in front of a crowd. I feel like I'm definitely going to get back into the groove of things. It's just been
0: a long time. <laughs> Yeah, no, that makes sense, too, because you do whatever you do on Raw, whether it be a match or a promo or whatever, and you don't have that instant feedback from the fans. Obviously, you have feedback from whoever backstage, but like in front of the yeah. fans, it's like, do you know if that was good or not? Like Until you kind of read social media or whatever it might be. So you're going to have that come Sunday at Money in the Bank, which is cool. Uh, so we first see you, I mean, obviously, you had made a few appearances at WrestleMania Survivor Series a couple of years ago. We see you in the Royal Rumble. It's evident at that point, all right, Rhea Ripley's coming to Raw She's on her way to the main roster, whatever. We don't see you for a couple months. You pop right back up before WrestleMania. And that two month period, are you thinking, okay, I'm probably being saved for after WrestleMania? Did were you aware of the plans for you at that point? Like was it just a waiting period for you or kind of take me through that a little bit?
1: Yeah, I had no idea what was going on. I was pretty much just showing up, um, trying to make a good impression and then just like sort of chilling and catering, eating too much food, getting a little bit chubby. <laughs> 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 but I honest, I didn't know what was going on, and then I, I did think that I was going to be saved for after WrestleMania because I was like, "There's no way that they're going to have time to build something up before WrestleMania for mm-hmm. me." So it'll probably be after WrestleMania where I just pop up. But then they started doing the vignettes, and I was like, "All right, it'll probably still be after Mania." And then I guess my time just came, and I confronted Oscar. She accepted, and I had a WrestleMania match, and I was like, oh, damn. Like, (laughs) (laughs) It's pretty cool. (laughs) I get to wrestle someone that I've wanted to wrestle for the longest time, and I get to go to WrestleMania again and actually be in front of a crowd, and I was super excited, super excited.
0: And it makes up for last year not competing in front of fans for your first WrestleMania. And then you win, too, so you kind of rebound from the loss from last year, so it kind of worked out perfectly. And in just the last yeah. you know couple of months that you've been on the Raw roster, in addition to all the feedback from fans and, like you said, people picking the side and stuff like that, have you had any key advice from Vince himself as things that he's told you, like, hey, try to do more of this or less of this or whatever since you've come to Raw that's really stuck with you at all?
1: Um, he's sort of been pretty happy with what I've been doing. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he likes my aggression, which is something that sort of comes to me pretty easily, which I'm thankful for. Um... But the one thing that I guess he always says is just try to smile more, which is something that I'm still trying to learn. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so maybe at some point we'll get If you beat Charlotte on Sunday, that's enough of a reason to smile, right?
1: Oh, I'll, I'll, yeah. It'll be ear to ear, for sure.
0: <laughs> I got to mention this too. You mentioned NXT UK in the last couple of months alone from, I mean, obviously you arrived on raw just on in March, right before WrestleMania. But since then, it's only been a couple of months. We now have the former Piper and now do drop on raw. Someone you've had battles with in NXT UK before. And now Tony storm's coming to SmackDown. So how cool is it to gotta be for you to seeing these former champions from NXT UK people you've done battle with also join you on the main stage of WWE.
1: I'm loving it. I really am loving it. It's so nice to see the other girls making their way to Roar and SmackDown, and it's well-deserved. It really is. They're such great competitors, and they are so good at what they do, like so extremely good, and they finally have that platform to show the world exactly what they've been working for for years. So I'm excited to see what the future brings for them. I'm hoping that since Stu drops on my brand I'm hoping that I get to step in the room with her again because I loved our matches from NXT UK and mm-hmm. and I absolutely just killed each other which was fantastic it was always a blast <laughs> uh, <clears throat> As for like Tony, I think she's going to do so well on Smackdown and same with Tegan and Shatzi I think everyone's going to do so so well and I'm excited to see where the women's division goes from here on out because I feel like it's growing and it's evolving and the evolution is still going and we're about to take over.
0: Yeah. future's bright for the women's division for sure. Last couple of questions for you, Rhea. Uh, the last horror movie that you've seen recently and do you have any current tattoo plans? <laughs> oh,
1: um, the last horror movie that I watched, damn. Oh, what was it? I can't even remember what it was called. I feel like I've watched so many movies I sort of just like blur into one.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs>
1: I know it was like some sort of paranormal one.
0: Yeah, The Conjuring came out a couple of months ago. Maybe that was what it was.
1: It actually, I think it was The Conjuring. Okay. Yeah. That was a good Yeah, one. it was. It was pretty good. Um, as for tattoo plans, I actually have an appointment uh, next Tuesday. I fly back <laughs> Tuesday, and that same night I have a couple tattoos that I'm going to be getting. Nice. So. <laughs>
0: It's funny you mentioned that because I think it was, I don't know if it was the last time we spoke or the time before that, but you said you had an appointment like the following Thursday. Like at this point, how often are you going to get tattoos at this point?
1: (laughs) I honestly, I'm like, I said to my tattoo artist, I'm like, every time you have an opening, put me in it because I'll probably
0: want (laughs) Oh, that's amazing. Pretty often. That's great, and my girlfriend loves. She's she's a big fan of you anyway, but she's a big tattoo enthusiast. So she always wants me to ask like what tattoo you have coming up next and stuff like that. So she'll be very happy to uh, she'll be very happy to hear that. Last question for you, Rhea. We saw the picture taken about uh, maybe about a month ago. Uh, maybe it was early June. You, Bronson Reed, Indy Hartwell, all holding your gold. Australia Natives, great picture. Same night Bronson Reed loses his championship. Week or two later a week or two later Indy Hartwell loses her NXT women's tag team titles. You gotta ensure the curse doesn't continue on Sunday, right, by retaining your raw women's championship?
1: Y'all, that was the most depressing place in my <laughs> life. <laughs> it was supposed to be so positive and I feel like, like you said, it's just been a curse. Um, I guess we'll see. This Sunday, what happens? But I'm holding on to this championship pretty tightly. And mm. I know Charlotte's games, and I don't know if she knows her own too well, because I've been throwing them in her face, and she's just been getting angry about it. So hopefully I can walk out the Raw Women's Champion, but I'm going to give her hell.
0: Yeah, for sure. It's going to be a great match. People are to look forward to it on Sunday. Money in the Bank, first major pay-per-view, aside from Mania, back in front of fans. It's going to be an absolute blast on Peacock. Uh, Rhea, thanks so much for the time. I appreciate it. Always a great time talking to you. No
1: worries, mate. It was great talking to you,
0: too. Big thanks to Rhea Ripley for the time. Thoroughly enjoyed our chat, and like I said before, if you want to check out my other interviews with Rhea from 2020, uh, one of them is up from a couple of months ago. The other one in audio form is not, but both are available in article form over on DailyDDT.com. The article version of the interview you just heard is available right now on Bleach Report from last Friday. This Friday not only on Bleach Report in article form, but also in audio form on my YouTube channel, dropping probably next week here on the show, Um, and my YouTube channel is youtube.com backslash uh, Graham GSM Matthews if you want to check it out and subscribe there for more exclusive audio and interviews and stuff like that, is Mr. Money the Bank himself, Big E, another guy I've talked to twice already, in the last year, and for the third time's the charm. He was awesome, talking about his big money in the bank win and a lot of other cool stuff, so check that out tomorrow It goes live as it goes live on Bleach Report and in audio form on my YouTube channel, youtube.com backslash Graham GSM Matthews, and also right here in WrestleRant Radio next week, if you don't check it out then. Now, let's welcome on Mr. Marceau to break down all the latest in the world of wrestling. I will say right off the bat, I didn't notice until, like, a couple of minutes into our convo that the audio levels were not what they should be. So, Mr. Marceau is a little bit quiet early on, but it does get better within the next uh, couple of minutes. Within a few minutes of our conversation, I realized where I fucked up, and I think I fixed the issue. So, enjoy my exclusive conversation with Mr. Marceau, talking all things in the world of wrestling. Mr. Marceau, brother, how you doing?
2: Doing well, GSM. How are you?
0: Doing excellent. I got one question for you. Are you going to go to SummerSlam in a movie theater this year?
2: I am not. I would not pay extra money to do that. It sounds what? cool though. Did
0: when you see went... the news this morning? They broke it that it's going to be you know in movie theaters across the country this year. So not that I saw that
2: specifically, but when I went to see Fast and the Furious Nine uh, a few weeks ago, they had or at least Showcase Cinema was uh, promoting that they're going to start like doing viewings of like live events and stuff like that. So like, I don't know if it's like Super Bowl or like playoff games or sports or kind of like big events that they're going to host like showings i guess which is pretty cool i mean be pretty sick to go to like go watch the super Bowl at a movie theater with that big screen but uh once i saw once you just mentioned it, i kind of figured that's where it's going to come from because showcase was uh promoting that a few weeks ago
0: so speaking of which i was sent the official listing of where they're doing it connecticut only has one city doing it because we're such a fall fucking small irrelevant state and of course it's in stanford right next to the goddamn headquarters But they're doing one in Stanford. Massachusetts has a bunch. And I'm assuming that Foxborough is probably the closest to you, right? Isn't that where Patriot Stadium is?
2: Yeah, what else is on the list, though? I can tell
0: you something's closer. Well, you're right. Showcase Cinema is exactly what you're talking about. That's where they're doing it in Foxborough. Lowell is another one. We've been to Lowell before, and and that's another one they're doing. Uh, Millbury, Randolph, and Woburn. All
2: right, so yeah, Foxborough would be the closest to me. Uh, there is a there is a showcase cinema in my hometown in North Adamsburg, so which is like still ten minutes away from Foxborough, but uh, the Patriot Place one's like the deluxe one. It's like the fancy one, so yeah, I see them having it there. But yeah, I mean it's a pretty cool idea. I don't think I'll go. It's, I mean, why would I go if I could watch it for four ninety nine on the cock? So no need to <laughs> watch it.
0: <laughs> watch it with terrible. Watch it with fucking terrible service. Did you have issues like the rest of us did, or did you not watch it live?
2: I did not watch it live. I watched it Monday morning.
0: Yeah, Actually, the cock was having a lot of issues on Sunday. Well, good. I, I luckily
2: uh, I was gonna watch it live, and then I had some things going. I went to the NASCAR race, so I didn't get home till late, and then I stayed off Twitter like all day to like so I would to get ruined, and then I watched it in the morning on Monday. So no issues for me on the cock, but I saw other people had some problems.
0: Yeah, it was pretty bad, dude. And it was it, it was an issue for like a good. I don't know, maybe 10, 15 minutes. Like, for the first portion of the men's match, I had to kind of, like, shuffle around, try to figure something out, and how to watch it. It was just terrible. And they ended up fixing the issue, only if you exited out and went back in. But how the fuck would you know that, unless I saw it on Twitter? So, it was just a complete disaster. But And apparently it's been like that for the last couple of shows. I didn't watch Hell in the Cell live, so I didn't really have that problem. Um... But apparently, still, I was very surprised. I was really surprised that they had so many issues, just because I've, I've watched other pay-per-views live, like Backlash, and I guess I didn't watch Mania live on Peacock, but still, I was I was disappointed that was the problem, because, uh, I don't know, it's supposed to be cheaper and better than the network, and so far it's been an absolute disaster. So hopefully SummerSlam, which is a much bigger show, and Money in the Bank was a great show. Uh, SummerSlam's even bigger. I, I don't know, I'm fearful for how that's gonna go, so we'll see. But um, nonetheless, I thought uh, you know it was a very newsworthy week in the world of wrestling. And we got to get into the top two stories right off the bat. I mean, obviously, Money in the Bank was a very newsworthy show. Got to talk about Raw. A lot to discuss there. Um, NXT and all this other shit. Even SmackDown from last week was a good show. But we got not one, but two major potential signings. Got to throw that word potential in there, because these are not confirmed. These aren't set in stone. Time will tell as far as where these people end up. But not only is CM Punk potentially returning to the ring per Fightful, but Daniel Bryan per Bodyslam.net could be headed to AEW and very likely is already signed to a deal. And this news broke in the same day, no less, on Wednesday. So when you hear those two names, Mr. Marcel, two of the biggest names in the world of wrestling from the early 2000s, uh, not 2000s, 2010s, to the biggest stars of that decade, what are your immediate thoughts? I mean, obviously, they, they might make some sort of splash in AEW, And we've talked extensively before about how many people can they actually sign. And obviously, this is me being biased, being a big fan of both guys. But I think that would be absolutely fucking huge for AEW. And I've told you before, of all the people they've released so far this year, there's only a handful I would have picked out and actually picked up. Um, Like, from the most recent set of releases, from like NXT and 205 Live... I don't think I would break the bank for frigging Arya Daivari or the Bollywood boys or Tony Nese or something like that. But the rest of these people I think are fair game, like an Alistair Black who they picked up. They got Andrade and now Daniel Bryan and potentially even CM Punk could be on their way to AEW. So give me your thoughts. We haven't really discussed this much at all about these two potential big signings for AEW.
2: No, I, I saw that Bryan reportedly signed. I think for them, that's a great get. Um, Hopefully, I think I saw a report that was saying he basically wanted to go there so he could work at New Japan. So, I think for them, with having that working relationship, it's a perfect opportunity for him. I mean, he's still somewhat in his prime. I mean, he was in the ring recently. Uh, His schedule has slowed down a little bit the last couple of years. But, I mean, he's also a big get right off WWE TV. He's very well known. So, I think he's great. And, I mean, Punk hasn't wrestled in, you would know better than me, seven, eight years now.
0: Ah, uh, seven years now, yeah, since uh, the Rumble a, I mean, of twenty fourteen. I
2: mean, I mean, the non punk fan, knowing CM Punk knowledge here. <laughs> yeah. uh, I was trying to think. I was like, was it twenty fourteen? But yeah, so twenty fourteen. So it's been seven years. I mean, it's obviously going to be a big get at first. I'm wondering if he does if he does sign there, like how he's going to look. And obviously, it's a big get. I mean, I think when if I was AEW or I was Tony Khan. I literally would have backed up the Brinks truck immediately, right when the company started to get him in there. I think they Um,
0: tried. I think it just fell through because for whatever reason.
2: Well, allegedly, he wasn't happy the way that they approached him. I was like, kind of like the rumor when he originally originally started. They like sent him a text like, "Hey, you're interested in coming to the company?" Like,
0: (laughs) I think that was honestly, to be completely honest, I don't work there, but I think that was more of a Cody Bucks issue than it was a Tony Khan issue. I think after they already kind of fucked it up, I think he's like, "Come on, guys, we just kind of fucked the we we kind of screwed the pooch here with Punk," so he's probably. you know, well, that's probably the problem. Money, would
2: you really care that they send you a tax? I don't know. I think that's just. I think it was more of the fact that at that point of his life, or he not true.
0: Really
2: true. on getting back in wrestling. I mean, he'll be a big draw. I mean, right away. Interesting to see how he is in the ring. I mean, it's gonna people love CM Punk. So even if he came and sucked the bag, people would still go crazy, and it's good for them because it's. I mean, I don't know how much they're paying the guy if he gets there, but I think any kind of payment to him if he's on the show with Daniel Bryan, they'll crack a million every week. So
0: Do you think I so? Think,
2: oh, easily. I think the two big two of the biggest free agents in the last ten years, both coming off WWE, especially Punk isn't wrestled in seven years, so I mean he got that UFC that UFC pay per he was on was huge his first fight, and guy was like an amateur, so mm-hmm. let alone put him in a wrestling ring. I mean, I think it, it's a big get for them. There's no negative I think there's no real like con to yeah, it. Yeah, no no con, pun intended. Um, if they sign either guy, I mean, Brian, I just hope he doesn't get injured. I, I mean, definitely have the. When he came out with the whole concussion stuff, that stuff does bother you a little bit just because I feel like they do wrestle a little more aggressive style in AEW, and I've seen plenty of people get dropped in their head. So hopefully he's safe and everything goes well with him. Doesn't rehash any injury issues. And for Punk, I mean, they cut the check and you want to go back to wrestling, it's the perfect opportunity. So, no con. Uh, to sign either of these guys. I think it could only be positive and uh, interesting to see what happens.
0: Do you think AEW is probably the best landing spot for the both of them? I mean, I know obviously it's not the biggest platform WWE is, but with Daniel Bryan, though, I don't really... I mean, he he got banned from SmackDown was the storyline. Could they work around it? I guess, but the thing with Bryan at this point, from what I've heard, speaking to myself, all this other shit, he wants a reduced schedule and he wants fresh opponents. He was going off to me, but I wanted to fucking wrestle Okada and... Jungle Boy and Darby Allin and all these other people while he was with WWE, which is amazing. But, like, I, I gotta imagine that he would love that reduced schedule in AEW, the flexibility to go over in Japan, and make um, the same amount of money or close to it in, in AEW that he was in WWE. Like, Ring of Honor is not gonna provide that, or Impact, or even New Japan itself, so I think him going to AEW is probably um, the, the, the best landing spot. And for Punk, too, I think him going back to WWE would be cool, but You know, I'm a mark of every company, but with Punk specifically, the problem, I think, is that if you went back to WWE, and he said this himself too, what's the biggest match you could do with CM Punk? Probably him and Roman Reigns or the Paul Heyman connection. The problem there is, is that once that rivalry runs its course, what the fuck do you do with the guy? Like, does he go back to the Raw mid-card feuding with Sheamus? Like... He's not interested in that at this point. I think in AEW, it's a lot more exciting possibilities. I don't really want to see him in Jericho for the upteenth time. But the rest of the roster, I think, would be great, and I think he would go there only if it made sense and if it was the right amount of money. So, AEW's got to be the best landing spot of all these companies, right, for these two guys, you think?
2: I mean, for Dan- for what Brian wants, I think, easily. Um, if he wants to reduce schedule, wants to wrestle new guys, I think he'll have more control than he does with the WWE, so definitely. Punk, I mean... I get it, it'd be fresh matches, but I mean, right now the best the best guy in the business is Roman Reigns. So, um, him if he came back and wrestled Roman and against like the promos with him and Heyman, I mean, they'd be amazing. Like you said, he probably would have way less freedom and less control. So, be interesting to see what happens. But if you're going by wrestling status, I, I would rather go face Roman Reigns. But like you said, once he's done with Roman, what do you really do with him from there?
0: I mean, there's there's a lot you could do with him technically, but it's, like, at the same time, would he really want to be doing now? Like, would he be feuding with an upper mid-carder? Like, like he fucking hates AJ Styles, I'm pretty sure, so I don't think we would ever see that matchup. But, like, the rest of the roster... WWE is a great roster, and they still do, even with all the departures, but it's, like... I don't know. No one really makes as much sense as if, as you know, as, as compared to whether he went to AEW, and there's a lot of fresh faces over there that he could face. Like, again... I think either one of these guys against Omega, whether he's champion or not, is a money match. Um, what matches, let's start with Daniel Bryan, would you want to see with him in, in AEW? Uh,
2: I mean, any of the guys who listed him and Darby, um, him and Cody would be pretty cool. I mean, they were kind of in the same company for a little bit at the same time, but they I think they were both babyface. I know he was in, I know Stardust was in that... Uh, wrestlemania ladder match so brian won but then brian was hurt also in a little bit too so him and cody would be pretty cool i think they'd wrestle have a really good wrestling match uh, him and hangman i mean i think the possibilities are endless um omega i think would be a big draw even though i'm not the biggest omega guy i mean i just think if you put him with anyone they will draw just because how he's been po- touted and highly acclaimed so mm-hmm. um trying to think who else darby would be pretty cool um Hopefully he's not wrestling, like, Matt Hardy or, like, Chris Jericho. I can like, move on yeah. from that, so.
0: I think that was but, the biggest issue with the Cage and uh, Matt Hardy match last week. It was good, like we talked about. I mean, you didn't really watch it, but, like, I don't, I didn't see Christian. I don't want to see Christian and AEW to be reliving the same feuds that he's had for 20 years now.
2: I did watch it. I went back and watched it. It was a good match. Okay. But like I said, at the end of the day, it's Christian and Matt Hardy in 2021.
0: Yep. Exactly. Yeah, no, I know. I think all the people that you mentioned would make for good matches. What about CM Punk? I mean, obviously, Roman Reigns in WWE, but in AEW, I think there's a lot more matches you could do. I mean, you could have Omega tout that he's the best in the world, and fucking Punk comes out. Um, beyond that, any other matches really stand out to you? I think him and MJF, if Punk's a babyface when he first shows up, is a fucking money match, specifically from a Mike standpoint, too.
2: Yeah, that would be a good match. Nothing is, now that you say he's best in the world, I'm fearing that he's going to be Hangman and then Punk will come out. I don't know.
0: Don't say that. <laughs> I, I don't like, we, we talked about this before we went live here, but I don't think they would do that because I don't think they would be like, oh, fuck our homegrown guys. Let's bring in the ex WWE guys. You can't, I'm fine with them bringing in the ex WWE guys if it makes sense at this point. Like, they signed so many people by this point. They have a lot of ex WWE guys, but where else are also going to sign talent from, really? And all these other promotions have talent, but it's like WWE has the most talent. Um, I don't think they would do that. But where do you think or how do you think they should debut and when? I mean, it's late July as we speak right now. They're not going to show up in the same episode of Dynamite. You want to save the surprises for later on down the road, too. Um, how much later do you debut them? How do you de- debut them in the company? Um,
2: I feel like Punk, it just makes sense to do it all out. I mean, it's in his hometown. As a Maybe surprise,
0: I- too, right, you think?
2: Oh, yeah. I think, like, even if Hangman wins, then you can have, like, the big celebration of Punk and, like, you can just have Punk come out and like it's just like end like that. Not low need for like a schmoz or anything. We could have Hangman win big moment and then see a Punk come out, or you could have someone run their mouth in the middle of the show and Punk comes out. If you're not going to thrust him right in or want to ruin, kind of take away from Hangman's big win. So um, I would do it there, Brian. I mean, it's not like there's anywhere specifically. I keep hearing like the that Grand Slam show at Ash author Ash. So yeah,
0: I've heard that too. I think
2: make the most sense for him, but I think Punk. I mean. And Chicago makes the most
0: sense. With Brian Punk at this point, they've already sold out All Out. So there's no point in advertising it. I guess if they want more pay-per-view buys, you can. But, I don't know. If you create a compelling enough card to have like, oh, Punk will make his first appearance, I would just have it be a surprise. I know TNT doesn't like surprises. I don't know if I told you this, but or if you heard this. But they wanted Sting's debut to be advertised. I guess TNT was fucking pissed that Stain came out as, as, as a surprise. Like, that's why with Christian, they were like, oh, we're having a big debut like this week, as opposed to him just showing up because they want those ratings for the show. Um, I don't know. I think it's cooler when you get the surprises and it gives you the feeling that anything can happen. A lot like last night when friggin' Nick Gage and Chavo Guerrero showed up. It makes me want to show the, It makes me want to watch the show live that much more. Um, with Brian, though, I don't know if that show is sold out. I know it's selling well for Arthur Ashe Stadium. Do you advertise it in advance, or do you let it be a surprise for that New York City show?
2: I would have it a surprise, but I kind of get what t- TNT wants it to be announced. They want a bigger rating. Yep. They I mean, I get it from their side, but like, I'd rather be a surprise than to find out before. Like, yeah, it's exciting, but if, like you already know he's going to be there. It's not as exciting. Like, imagine if in 03, when Goldberg came out, they advertised it before. Oh, Goldberg's going to be there tonight. People would go nuts. But like the way they had set it up, it was amazing. If he had already said it was going to be gum, yeah, it's great. But. Let it be organic and let people like go crazy because that's what wrestling fans want.
0: I honestly hate to break your heart here, but I'm pretty sure they advertised that in advance.
2: I was a little child and didn't say
0: it. I, I'm I'm almost positive because I remember watching Mania '19 and seeing a vignette for Goldberg. I'm like, why the fuck would you advertise? I mean, I, you'd have to go back on Peacock and rewatch it. I'm not 100 percent sure. And I just I just rewatched the debut this morning. It's funny you mentioned that because WWE put up a video about it. But yeah, no, I think they, I think they did advertise in advance. How about this? What about Brock Lesnar? They didn't, they didn't advertise that. There were rumors that he could be there on Raw, but that reaction is still one of the greatest return pops of all time. And sure from 2012,
2: that we'll Mini yeah. like said, Minnie Marceau was not, was not there. So, I <laughs> but I'll still go that they didn't debut it. But no, that was good. I mean Lesnar coming back at WrestleMania, like you said, it was like teased, but it like wasn't. So I'll give yeah. it to you. But the, the Goldberg one for me sticks out like. Well above the rest. I mean, I remember as being a little kid, I went fucking crazy, and I had no idea who it
0: was. And now Ira Goldberg is back for another SummerSlam match with Bobby Lashley this year.
2: Can't
0: wait. <laughs> we'll get into that a little bit later. No, they're two big signings. I'm looking forward to seeing what they do. Uh, with Brian, I would have it be a surprise, but we'll see. One last question on this front. What do you have their music be? Do you think they'll shell out the rights for Final Countdown and Cult of Personality? Do you have Punk use a different song? I know he used something else on Ring of Honor that people are kind of like, oh, maybe he'll use this instead um what do you think their music will be will they create something of their own for these two guys
2: i mean punk has to be cult personality I mean,
0: <clears throat> yeah i think so too it, it has to be
2: it has to be it's peanut butter and jelly like that's like you do anything else it'd be pretty stupid brian i mean i don't really know i don't really care what his music is punk it has to be cult personality i'm just saying that now
0: i think brian with 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 final count that would be awesome
2: I'm like it's the final count. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Song, I mean, that's a good sign. <laughs> like, did he use that like back in the day?
0: I, I don't know. He used it back in Ring of Honor. I don't know. Uh, it, <clears throat> you could use Flight of the Valkyries, but I just don't know if that. I don't know. It's in the free domain, so they could use it if they want to. But I'm just not. I don't a big really like. It. I don't
2: honestly, really, really like <clears throat>
0: fucking... No, Final Countdown would be cool. We'll see. I, I don't think they will use Final Countdown. Time will tell. Um, but we'll see. Cult of Personality is definitely a given, though. They got to use Cult of Personality. Like I said, they could use his old Ring of Honor theme, and he used Cult of Personality in Ring of Honor. But before that, he had a different song that I've seen people tweet about in the last day. It's not going to be as recognizable. I don't really... I mean, I'm not saying I'm the world, but, like, I won't know it. <clears throat> a lot of the casual viewers that didn't, didn't watch his Ring of Honor, you know, stuff 15 years ago, Probably wouldn't know it. I don't I think just I think just hearing the opening beats of Cult of Personality at fucking all out would create the biggest pop as opposed to, uh, who is this? Who is this? Oh, it's CM Punk. You know what I mean? Like I think I think they're just like you said, it's peanut butter and jelly at this point, so I would just have them come out to that music personally. Lot to get to here today, Mr. Marceau. Uh, SmackDown last week. We had Money in the Bank, Raw, NXT, specifically SmackDown, Money in the Bank and Raw. Uh, we're not going to do a full-on review, but from what you can recall, because it is kind of old news at this point, SmackDown's return of the road. Last Friday night, we got the return of Finn Balor. Big six-man tag team match. Tony Storm coming to SmackDown this week. What were your thoughts on the show overall?
2: I thought it was a good show. It was a good first show back on the road, unlike what Raw was. Um, thought it was good. The, the opening match was great with the Mysterios and uh, Edge versus Roman and the Usos. That was a good start. Cena coming back. Um, that was great on Monday night or Sunday, Sunday night. But he's going to be on SmackDown this week. Um, Finn Balor coming back. I, I saw a rumor that he was going to be—he was rumored to come back. So I
0: was yeah, same here.
2: Yeah. But I mean, it's great to see Balor on the main roster. Nick think SmackDown fits in better. Um, they had the main event was pretty good. Um, Tony Storm coming back. I saw people like bitching like, "Oh, she's coming back as a baby face. Like why?" I'm like, she was a baby face for like two years. Maybe yeah. She's baby face. I like her as a heel too, but I think she's one of those people that can play both really well. So her coming as a baby face, I like it. I don't have any complaints, but I'm excited for her to come up. Um, Hate Knox. I hate, I, we texted over the weekend. Knox is not past the name test. Like, SmackDown Women's Champion Knox just doesn't fit. I'm sorry. They need no. to put Tegan in front of her name now. Tegan Knox and Shotzi's fine, but don't call her Knox. At that point, I think of Mike Knox, and then the rest is history.
0: <laughs> or Knox, as he was known as, as in TNA. Knox. Oh. Fucking dumb. No, they did call her Tegan Knox upon her debut. And then this past week, they just called her Knox. Like Michael Cole was calling her Tegan the week before. <clears throat> I think Vince got a hold of that because. They quickly changed it to uh, just Knox last Friday night, but um, yeah, now the name sucks. But I'm glad that SmackDown's getting some fresh faces on the show. They're bringing back a lot of people. Um, you know, obviously John Cena's on the show now, which we'll get into for Money in the Bank. You know, Raw got some fresh faces on Monday too between Karrion and Cross. Goldberg isn't exactly fresh, but he is back, <laughs> and um, Keith Lee's back as well. So it's not just SmackDown star power heavy, but I don't know, I I, I like the additions to SmackDown and have more faith as far as how they'll be booked more than I will have more faith for Monday Night Raw. Um, real quickly, another face on his way back to WWE. <laughs> Wasn't formally announced by WWE, kind of flew under the radar, but they did post a video about it, so it is official. Um, but David Hart Smith, on his way back to WWE, as he's now known as Harry Smith, which I believe is his real name, obviously the son of the British Bulldog, formerly of the Hart Dynasty, 10, 11 years ago. He went off to MLW and... Uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling, and now he's back in WWE, I believe, a part of SmackDown. We could see him as soon as Friday. He worked a dark match last week. Um, your thoughts on him being back in the company? I know he's been gone for a long time, so you may not remember him.
2: No, I remember him. He was with uh, Tyson Kidd and Natalia back in
0: the day. Yeah, yeah. yes, yes, yes. I, I yep.
2: the eights, don't worry about that, but uh, <laughs> I mean, it's nice seeing him back. I really don't see like, big future plans for him, but I mean, I think he could be like a decent mid-card guy at best, but uh, if Tyson Kidd could ever get out of retirement or out of, like, injury protocol, um, put re- redo the dynasty would be pretty cool.
0: Hey, it would give uh, Natalia something to do aside from just teaming with Tamina. Oh,
2: my God. Don't even get me started.
0: Awful. Fucking awful. How much? How little sense did it make for Knox and Shotzi to beat the Tag Team Champions again on Friday as opposed to just getting a Tag Team title shot after beating them the week before?
2: It made no sense. It made no sense at all. I don't get it. It's... It's 22, because they they win on, on Friday, nothing comes out of it, and then Tamina and in, uh, Natalia beat Nia on Shane on Raw for no reason.
0: Absolutely no reason, so it was stupid, but I don't know. I guess we'll see. They'll probably get a title shot either this week or next week or at SummerSlam, or I'm sure at some point. Um, let's get into the Money in the Bank from Sunday, though. I thought overall it was a great show. Um, their first real pay-per-view back in front of fans, aside from WrestleMania, since uh, Elimination Chamber in March of 2020. And not every match was a banger, but I thought it was a really good show overall. The crowd was hot. They made mostly the right booking decisions. Um, but real quickly, running down the results here, the Usos are the new SmackDown Tag Team Champions, knocking off Ray and Dominic Mysterio on the kickoff show. Uh, probably not the smartest outcome in terms of rewarding bad behavior, but from a storyline standpoint, it is intriguing. The Usos are champions again for the first time in over two years. Um, you're, you went back and watched the match, no, or did you not?
2: I did not.
0: Okay, what are your thoughts on the title change at the very least?
2: Like you said, I don't think it's the greatest decision to reward bad behavior, but storyline sense, it makes it makes sense. So, Usos, I like the promo with Roman. Uh in the middle of Money in the Bank, telling him, like, now they won that, it's an easy thing, now they can help him, love that. Um, Love the Mysterios, but, I mean, the Usos has been hot for the last, like, five years, so putting the belts on them in the storyline makes sense, and it is what it is.
0: Yeah. No, we'll see where it goes. I could see a rematch being booked for SmackDown or them saving it for SummerSlam or whatever. They have a very thin tag division on SmackDown, but I could see the Usos and the Prophets again because the Usos faced the Prophets a couple of months ago and it was a great match. So maybe that's something they could do down the road.
2: They could do that. I like the Alpha Academy. They could do that with Otis, Big Otis. Um, Mysterios are nice. I mean, they, it's very thin, but the, the few tag teams they have, I think are good enough that they can skate by at this point until so the big draft.
0: Uh, yeah, not- that's, it's funny you bring that up. I've actually enjoyed what the Alpha Academy has been doing. I mean, they're a newer team, but uh, I don't know. I mean, it's been, they, as heels and whatever, I think it's working. It's honestly more intriguing than what Otis was doing post-Mandy Rose last year.
2: Oh, it's great. I think Gable's perfect, like, as, like, that snarky little little rat, and, like, he's having Otis do his dirty work. I love it.
0: Yeah, no, I like it, and hopefully they can hopefully end up with the tag team titles at some point. So, opening the show, we had the women's Money the Bank ladder match. Um, in my opinion, the weakest match on the show. One of the weaker Money the Bank ladder matches I've seen. Uh, I don't know. They had a good lineup, and there were a lot of people that could have won it, I guess. I mean, not really. I didn't want to see Natalia win it or Tamina. Having those women in there was absolutely the wrong choice. And Natalia added nothing to this match. Tamina is terrible. Um, you know, I was hoping Liv Morgan would pull out the victory. Zelina Vega was good. The Supernatural shit from Alexa was just not my favorite, although the crowd was into her a lot on this show. Nikki Ash came out to crickets, but they popped when she won. So, I don't know. She is the new Miss Money in the Bank. Obviously, she cashed in successfully. Spoiler alert on Raw. So, we don't really have to talk about the fact that she won here because we already know what happened with it. Uh, But your thoughts on the match itself and the surprise winner, I guess.
2: Like you said, I think it was one of the weakest Money in the Banks I've ever seen. Nothing against the people in it because I love Alexa. I think she had a huge pop um Naomi's been great she's kind of been misbooked Liv Morgan like not that they missed the boat I think she's like pretty over with the crowd I think she could be a fresh new face and obviously she didn't win either but Tamina and Natalia are horrible Zelina I like her I just I don't know it's kind of random they just fired her and they bring her right back I'm I'm not gonna take her seriously honestly and then the match was fine for what it was Nikki Ash winning I predicted it unfortunately and it came true um But like you said, she came out to crickets. And I mean, the the crowd was throwing babies regardless who won. So, her getting a big pop, I I really didn't think was the biggest, like, kind of reflection of how people actually think about her. Because I don't think I've seen anyone really make positive comments about this new character. But I just didn't really like the way it finished either. Like, everyone's, like, barely trying to grab it. She just climbs over the rest of them and grabs and runs away. I don't know. It's kind of stupid. So, now she's the new champion. We'll see where it goes. I hope it's just... Maybe her and Alexa at SummerSlam, and Alexa just beats her for the belt.
0: <laughs> yeah, so what do you do with SummerSlam? Do you do Nikki and Alexa, and then Rhea and Charlotte non-title for Rhea to finally get her win over Charlotte? Or do you do a triple threat? I don't really want to see that, but you brought up that possibility. Now I think it's likely.
2: Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind if they do, like, so they do, like, next week or a couple of weeks, they do Nikki versus uh, Charlotte. Rhea cost Charlotte again, so instead of going for the belt they do Charlotte and Rhea one on one and then you could do Nikki and Alexa for the belt. I don't know. I think that's where it's obviously going with like you said earlier, the villain versus the bad the bad guy and they have earlier they have history being a tag team, so I think that's where they should go with it. I don't think Nikki Ash is a long time woman champion, nor should she. So holding the belt for a little bit, it's fine. Gets her kind of important. I think the next couple of weeks, maybe they'll realize that people aren't really behind her, and they'll kind of pivot away from there sooner than they expected, but I don't expect it to be a long run anyways.
0: Well, the next couple of weeks are really going to be a test, because I don't even want to say the crowd isn't indoor, because yeah, again, they came out, she came out the Crickets on Monday, or at Money in the Bank, but they popped when she won, and they popped when she cashed in. Now, my thing is, is that of course they're going to pop for those two things, because it's, it's like, oh shit, she won, and then on Monday's Raw, oh shit, we're getting a cash-in slash, you know, a new champion. I mean, people always pop for a Money in the Bank cash-in. It doesn't matter who it is. They fucking pop when Baron Corbin attempted a cash-in a couple of years ago. Because people want to see a cash-in. So, to me, that doesn't really mean much. If she comes out next week and has a great reaction, then, that you know, that's one thing. and They might be able to get her over now that she's champion. People might be like, oh, she's not a loser. Like, she's been in, she's been winning a lot lately. Let's get behind this girl. So... I'm not even saying that they won't be into the character. I'm just saying me personally, I think it's a dumb character and I just don't see it lasting at a championship level. But that's just me. I do like the idea of two separate women's matches at the pay-per-view, though. Um, SummerSlam is going to be a stacked card. They could do two separate women's matches on the SmackDown side of things, too, for the tag titles and then for the women's championship. And maybe even another match if Becky Lynch comes back, which I don't know if she will at this point. Um, Do you expect Becky to be back by SummerSlam or after SummerSlam? Or what's your timetable on that, you think?
2: Um, I think they're going to try their best to get her back with SummerSlam. I mean, it's going to be a big show. It's in a big stadium. No Brock, it seems like. So they got Goldberg. and They can use all the star power they need to make it a big-time show. So they can just get her on the show somehow. If, even if it's just like, I don't know, if whoever Bianca faces, if Bianca retains, they can always have Becky come out after and kind of tease something for the next show. Just getting her on the show, I think, would be... Big pop, I mean, like Becky said on Monday night, she's the most over woman in the division, she's still not wrestling, so, she's, there's no negativity to have her on the show at all. Like I said, she could be, they could show her backstage making puns and stuff, and people would shit their pants, so.
0: <laughs> yeah, we'll see, I was thinking that people were, you know, making up the idea, or coming up with the idea that maybe she could face Bailey. but now that Bailey's her, probably not, um. I don't know if you have her on the pay-per-view instead. If they really want to sell as many tickets as possible to the show, they would have her on the show, but they might want to save her until after the pay-per-view and you don't want to blow through all your surprises at once. So, we'll see. She could be back on Friday SmackDown. Do you think she'll be going to SmackDown with Seth Rollins now that they're back on the road? Yes. I've heard that Naomi's going to SmackDown, too, to be with Jimmy Uso. Maybe she could be his designated driver. <laughs> that was terrible, but it's still, I... <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised though. I think that makes the most sense, as because now that they're back, now that they're back on the road, they need to have all the couples on the same show now. Before it didn't matter because they were the Thunderdome. So I think only I think Naomi having Naomi on the same show as Jimmy Uso makes sense now.
2: <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. I mean, hopefully, I was hoping before maybe his brother would help him out a little bit, but maybe they had to stick his wife on him to make sure he's not getting any more DUIs.
0: Hey, listen, if we can make it, if, if they're not even going to acknowledge it, I feel completely justified in making a joke about it. Because, hey, if they don't give a fuck, why the fuck should we give a shit? Until he kills someone on the road, who cares, right? That's their mentality. Who gives a fuck? Let's just give the guy the tag titles. Who cares? But, uh, yeah, that's no, WWE for you. Yeah. Nonetheless, though, we had our next match here on the show, AJ Styles and Omos versus the Viking Raiders, knocking off the Raiders for the Raw Tag Team titles, retaining the championships. We're getting a rematch next week on the show, coming off the Raiders' six-man tag team win on monday's raw um yeah i thought this was good i thought it was honestly better than i thought it would be and um omas is good when he's limited and i thought he was well protected here so i thought this was good for what it was and the crowd was fucking super into aj styles he was mega over here
2: i was gonna say i don't mind the tag team but like i just hate how because aj obviously is the smaller guy so he's gonna bump for the baby faces like I just feel like it. Like I love AJ Styles. I think it's like a perfect role for him now if he's not going to do anything like specific or run for a title. But like, I also feel like it makes him look like a schmuck when he's like bumping around for Eric and Ivar who aren't the greatest. And oh, just gets like the big tag. I don't know. I, I love AJ. Like, I said he's like, obviously really over, but it's like a good spot. But I wish like he looked more dominant than he does.
0: My problem with AJ is in the booking of AJ is that he's such a big star and he's not going to be around for much longer, dude. I think his contract is supposed to expire like next year, maybe? Like, he's not around for that much longer and they're putting him in a tag team. So I feel like they're just wasting AJ until he leaves. Like, I really feel like he should be at a higher level until he retires or whatever.
2: Yeah, I mean, at this point right now, the story is being told. I mean, with Lashley being a heel, I mean, it wouldn't really make too much sense now. Maybe eventually they can make a turn and maybe Omosco is healing and then he can free up AJ as a babyface. I'm not quite sure, but, yeah, I, I love AJ. I think he's good. Obviously, right now I think he's being a little underutilized, and I think, like I said, he's bumping around for two guys that are – I like the Viking Raiders, but not the greatest team of all time, so it just kind of makes him look weak and less important. It just doesn't help that his tag team partner is like a seven-foot giant, so he's obviously going to get the big comeback or the big, the big stuff.
0: Yeah, and not only that, but they had AJ lose to friggin' Ivar in, what, three minutes a week or two ago on Raw? He's lost to Jackson Riker this year. They've had him lose to Xavier Woods. Like, he's getting beat by pretty much everyone on the show. And, yeah, he's won half of the tag team champions, but Jesus Christ. I mean, clearly we're building to an RK-Bro-Styles and Omos match at SummerSlam, right? Now, I know Orton hasn't been around in a while. I'm sure he's back soon. But that's got to be the endgame here, right?
2: Yeah, I mean, that's where it's going. I love how Riddle does the poses and does the RK out. It fucking pops in every time.
0: It's fantastic, Bobby Lashley, Kofi Kingston for the WWE title. Exactly what it needed to be, glorified squash here. right outcome. People are pissed. Oh, how could you do this to Kofi? I think Kofi's time in the title picture is done. I never thought he was gonna win back the belt. I never thought he should have won back the belt. They need more like top tier main event people. He's not the main event person, but like he could be an upper. He could be utilized in an upper mid card role. Putting him right back in the tag team division would be a waste because we've seen the New Day as champions like ten times already. Um, but for this one night after how they booked Bobby on Monday's raw the week before he needed to win decisively and in dominant fashion. And that's exactly what this was. So it was a seven minute squash. It wasn't exactly Brock and Kofi from two years ago, but it was like an, a longer, an elongated version of that. So I had really no issue with this whatsoever.
2: No, it was what it needed to be. The only issue I had is that he lost at Woods on on Monday and it was like kind of competitive. I, yep. I just, I, I mean, if, if, if xavier got his ass kicked and kind of got a quick one on him makes sense but like i I, this is exactly what it needed to be but like it shouldn't have like he should have beat woods and should have killed woods and he should have killed kofi kind of just like putting himself over being dominant if anything yeah i would have just had both he killed both of them because yeah he killed kofi but like they try to like in their mind like we forgot that last week he lost to woods which most people don't
0: don't forget yeah exactly i mean he never even got that win back i thought on raw he would like beat woods and i thought woods might accept the open challenge i'm glad he didn't because that would have been disappointing but let's get right into that real quick keith Lee came back following a five-month absence Uh, we still don't know why he was gone i assume it was covid related but he was back he returned lost in five minutes to lashley more competitive of a match than what we got on sunday but he still lost fairly quickly um, got a good reaction from his home state crowd. Great stuff. And then Goldberg comes back. So let's get into that real quick before we go any further. Goldberg, Lashley pretty much set in stone for SummerSlam. Um Lee being back is great. The Goldberg thing I was never gonna be a fan of, but I'm even less of, of a fan of it now. Now that Keith Lee is back, you easily could have done him and Lashley at SummerSlam. They probably already promised Goldberg, like, hey, we'll give you a title shot of the I don't fucking know, but I'm just not a fan of the match. So as a Goldberg fan yourself, and I like Goldberg, I do. I just don't think he needs to be back in the title picture again, even if he loses. He, Bobby is beating a guy who lost to a guy that he already beat multiple times this year in Drew McIntyre. So him beating Goldberg means absolutely fucking nothing. Um, but nonetheless, though, what are your thoughts on Goldberg being back, as well as the return from Keith Lee uh, from Monday's Raw?
2: Seeing Keith Lee back was great. Um, I didn't have a problem with him losing and the fashion he lost in, I mean. You gotta put go you gotta put over Bobby Lashley as a big beast I mean Goldberg's obviously not what he used to be but I mean any casual person sees Goldberg they think the old dominant Goldberg I mean all I hope for is that he's been doing great training and he doesn't lay a dud that's kind of my biggest concern I love Goldberg but his last couple of matches have been a little shaky if they've gone over like five minutes so yeah uh hopefully he's training and doesn't drop anyone on his head. I think it, it, it makes sense for money wise and selling tickets. I mean Goldberg coming back. I mean, just, unfortunately, that's the way it is sometimes. I mean they haven't really made too many big stars lately, so you kind of got to go back to the well, and it's been the well's been dry for a while now with Goldberg. Like Cena makes sense. He hasn't been back in a while. It's a big time name. It's not like overdone. Goldberg, Goldberg, love the guy, but I mean he's out of his prime. He's Just not what he used to be. I know he has name value, but he's basically Undertaker at this point. Just like bringing out an old name, just like pop pop a little rating and ticket sales. I mean, it is what it is, but I think I'd with Keith Lee being off TV, I'd rather see Goldberg and Lashley. Maybe they can build up Keith Lee a little bit in the interim than have him go after the belt after SummerSlam.
0: I hope so. Hopefully he can get a big time match at the pay-per-view which I don't think they will based off how they promoted him on Monday's Raw but maybe he will and pick up a win and then go after the title post-SummerSlam but I don't know. I just think the thing with Goldberg the biggest difference between Goldberg and Taker for me is that Goldberg's still in great shape. Taker it was a big question whether he could have a good match or not. Goldberg like you said past five minutes probably not the smartest thing but if you keep it short and sweet I think what they did with him and Dolph two years ago was fucking perfect. I thought that was amazing. So I just want to see more of that. Um, I'm a little disappointed that we're not getting more of that because I think Goldberg in that right role would be perfect. So I don't know. I just I guess we'll, we'll I guess we'll see. But is it a win for Bobby or do you think there's a chance Goldberg could walk out with a championship? I think there is. I just don't think it's going to happen hopefully.
2: Yeah, I will say. I hope it's <laughs> short sweep with with Lashley. I, I mean, it's a title match. I'm not, I don't think he's going to squash Goldberg in two seconds.
0: Yeah, I don't know. With this company, I've said this before, but like their incompetence is so frequent that it actually makes the matches more unpredictable in that way, so it actually benefits their booking to a certain degree, but they do the wrong thing so often that it's hard to have faith that they'll do the right thing, but we'll see. Uh, Raw Women's Championship match, Charlotte and Rhea, they went from a match that the crowd just did not give a fuck about because the odd character dynamic, and it's hard to blame them. I wouldn't I wouldn't have chanted we want Becky. I thought that was a little disrespectful, but... Um, The match itself, I thought was great. This was probably the best match they've had to date, maybe including the WrestleMania match from last year. I didn't have an issue with the finish, aside from the fact that Rhea got disqualified last month for doing something exactly similar to that, so that was stupid. But in terms of Charlotte winning, I had no issue. Um, Nikki cashing in on Charlotte made more sense than her cashing in on Rhea. They really want Nikki to get cheered, because Rhea's supposed to be a babyface, I think. But um, anyway, so I thought this was a great match, and I thoroughly enjoyed it, and they won the crowd over by the end with some great near falls. So. Especially with that, what's it called? The natural selection, I think it's called, off the top rope. I thought that was cool. So, um, I thoroughly enjoyed this match, and I still want a rematch so Rhea can finally get one over Charlotte at some point.
2: No, I thought this was a great match. I think they work well together. Um, I mean,
0: this is probably the best
2: match or my favorite match from Money in the Bank. Maybe Roman and Andrew's probably a little bit better, but... Um, this was great matching they have great chemistry they had a lot of great near falls As you said the natural selection off the top rope was stupid I'm surprised near, uh, Rhea kicked out but that was like a great like two and three quarter count got the crowd popped so I guess I don't have any issue with Charlotte winning just because Nikki passed in the next night and you can get her the bell and then hopefully do her and Rhea at SummerSlam one, no bell and take Nikki in a different direction but um, they have great chemistry, so I can't complain if they have a thousand matches. I just want Rhea, like you said, to eventually get a win to make her seem like she can actually run with Charlotte.
0: Yeah, if she never actually, if she never actually beats Charlotte, then that's a, that's a problem. She's not exactly in Charlotte's level from a booking standpoint if she can't. Did you say the natural selection of the top rope was dumb because it's like, why would you kick out of that from a storyline standpoint?
2: No, like I was saying it's dumb, like how crazy it was and it was perfect. For oh, like gotcha,
0: gotcha. <laughs> I was going to ask you, because if that's what you meant, I was going to ask you, what was dumber, that or the uh, twisting tombstone from the blade last night than Orange Cassidy kicked out of?
2: I... <laughs> I didn't even watch the match, so I'm glad I didn't see it.
0: Yeah, you'll probably hear uh, Cornette ranting about that one of these days. Yeah, that, that was uh, very questionable. But nonetheless, we'll talk about Dynamite in a little bit. You yeah, know, I thought it was a great match, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, Not as great, though, which I thought was perfect. The men's Money the Bank ladder match. Excellent match here. Everyone really had a chance of winning this thing, so that really helped with the... uh unpredictability surrounding the outcome the ultimate victor though biggie mr money in the bank big win for him and now while we don't know where he's going to cash in it could be raw it could be smackdown we have no idea so your thoughts in the match and biggie being the new mr money in the bank
2: well it was good i thought it was a fun match everyone played their well uh their part well like you said i think anyone pretty much could have won it um but biggie made the most sense um and he can cash in either or. There is a storyline there with Bobby Lashley a little bit with him killing the New Day. So, like, that kind of makes sense. And then Roman is the big dog, the head of the table. So, kind of want to go after the big prize as well. So, I think either option good for him. There's a storyline built for Raw. He's already on SmackDown. He might want to go for the big guy. He wants to grow the guy that's been beating up as friends. So, either or, I think it's the best decision and can't complain.
0: Yeah, where do you, so... Of the two, which one do you think is more likely? I think he should go after Roman Reigns personally and cash in in advance and make it out to be this big babyface moment. But he could also go to Raw and cash in on Bobby after what he did to the New Day. So, I don't know. Personally, I prefer Universal title. But after laying out both options, which one do you prefer?
2: I mean, I think it makes more sense to go after Lashley just because the is already there a little bit. I'd rather him beat Roman. I think that would be a humongous rub for him. Whoever beats him, if it's not like a well-made star, it's going to be humongous rub just because Roman's been champion for over a year. He's the top guy in the industry. It makes anyone beating him would put them over the moon. But um, I think they're going to have him face Bobby just because the story's already there a little bit.
0: With Bobby, he could cash in on Bobby. Let's say he doesn't. Let's say Goldberg doesn't win at SummerSlam. Let's hope he fucking doesn't win. Do you now wait until WrestleMania to do Lashley and Brock? Like, I thought we... I don't know. We're all like, oh, they'll do it at WrestleMania now. They didn't do it for WrestleMania. We're like, okay, hopefully it's championed by SummerSlam. They could do it there. They didn't fucking do it at SummerSlam either. Like, are we, do you think we're ever getting the match at this point? I'm convinced that we're never going to get the match and they're just not going to do it because they don't want Lesnar to lose to Lashley. Yeah,
2: it's... Maybe they eventually have to get the belt off and they can do it and then have Brock beat them, but... Um, that, that's I the problem know, though bro-
0: They'll do the match When it doesn't matter As much anymore You know what I mean
2: Yeah but I, like you said I don't think Brock's I mean He's jobbed plenty of times But maybe there's something Between him and Lashley He wants to be like The dominant MMA guy So he doesn't want a job to
0: Yeah could, that's that's honestly Always been my opinion on it
2: So maybe they can do A WrestleMania No title on the line But like you said It wouldn't mean as much But I still want to hate it To finally
0: get the match do you think we're going to get Roman and Brock in Mania? Because that's the report that I've been hearing, that they don't want to have Lesnar lose to Lashley because they're going to do Lesnar and uh, Reigns at some point with the built-in story of Paul Heyman. I just... I don't know, dude. I, I, I It makes more sense. I mean, it makes sense given the dynamic and now that Roman's a heel. But we've seen that match so many fucking times. I'm just, I'm just tired at this point. I would rather see Lesnar work with fresher people. Again, it makes more sense, and I wouldn't mind seeing it at some point. But I think Lashley and Lesnar is just a fresher match. That's all. I, we just seen Roman and Lesnar to death at this point. I agree. I don't know. They just need to move past it. Uh, main event, you talked about Roman Reigns still Universal Champion. He retained the title on Sunday, beating Edge. I enjoyed the match. I saw conflicting opinions on this. I saw people say that it sucked. I saw other people say that it was an amazing main event. I'm probably somewhere in the middle. I thought it was a very good match. It wasn't Roman Reigns' best title defense, but they had the crowd invested. My only two issues with it was that they were on the headlock spot for fucking ever early on. Like, it lasted forever. You gotta cut that shit out. It's not that you can't do it, but they did that for a long time. And the match was also a half an hour. I don't know what their fascination is by putting Edge in long title matches. The guy's 47, he doesn't need to be in a half hour long match. Like, the matches with Randy were like a half an hour, I don't know why. Um, But you just trim off maybe 5-10 minutes It would have been even stronger But I thought it was a great main event regardless Roman won Uh, drama was there and you build the Rollins and Edge with Rollins costing Edge the title. Fucking perfect booking. Cena comes out to a monster pop. Monster pop. One of the loudest pops I've ever fucking heard. And that's even with all the people that expected him to come back. And they still went lost. They still fucking lost their minds. So break down this whole thing for me, Mr. Marceau. Your thoughts on the match, the ending, and the return of Big Match John at Money in the Bank.
2: I thought the match was good, like you said. I don't think it was his greatest defense. I don't think it was his worst. Um... Rollins interfering. I mean, I hate interference. Like the whole Mysterio Uso's thing, I thought that was just dumb because it literally led nowhere. They came out and then they just fought off, which was just kind of like a momentary distraction. The ref bump was awful. He like got clipped at the ankles and he was down for like 10
0: minutes. Yeah, yeah, that was bad.
2: Like, don't they have like other referees at the monitor?
0: Exactly. Wouldn't they be like, oh, there's no referee for this match right now? Like they had no referee there for like 10 minutes.
2: (laughs) That was a little weird. Rollins, attacking him like you said made the most sense just because they're set him and him and edge up for SummerSlam which which I like. I think that's a good non-title match. Um Roman winning, obviously LOL. Uh, love Roman, but I mean the 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 finish was never in doubt. And then Cena coming back, I mean the place went crazy and so did I. So great to see Big Match John back. Um him and Roman, I mean makes the most sense and can't wait.
0: Yeah. Um I don't know. I think I thought the ending, I mean, you pretty much just nailed it right there. I thought Cena coming back was a great moment. The crowd went fucking nuts. They lost their mind. And I'm looking forward to seeing where they go from here. Uh, Overall thoughts in Money in the Bank?
2: I thought it was a good show. I mean, um, long. So I'm glad that I watched the next day because I could kind of skim the BS, like the commercials and stuff out of it. But that was a good show. Um, The women's Money in the Bank kind of took it down for me a little bit. I just thought the match was okay. The men's was good. The title matches were all great, so I thought it was a good show, just I didn't really love that we're back to long reviews again.
0: Yeah, it was well past three hours, and I didn't really notice it watching it live, and I'm sure SummerSlam's going to be long, too, and they start later, too, like before they started at 7, now they're starting at 8 o'clock again, which I'm not a big, big fan of, but it is what it is. They followed it up with Raw on Monday, we already talked about a lot of the stuff, but I do want to get your thoughts on the biggest thing probably coming out of the show, Karrion Cross's Monday Night Raw debut. I've already made my thoughts quite clear on this. I fucking hated it. The entrance was lame. No Scarlett. Don't like that she wasn't there. Wasn't a surprise. Hardy got his music back. Amazing. But why couldn't you have him face someone else on the show? Fucking Elias is right there. They have Humberto Carrillo on the... I mean, he was on the show, actually. Yeah, the Angel Garza doing nothing. Why not have Hardy beat him? Or have Karrion Cross beat Akira Tozawa or some shit? Or Our truth God forbid. I don't know. Just, uh... I was not a fan of this at all and how they booked it. And carrying cross, just regardless of what they do with him as NXT champion, the match is still big with him and Joe. It's not nearly as big now that he's no longer undefeated. So, I don't know. What are your thoughts on this whole thing, Mr. Marshall? I mean, I already have a sense of your thoughts on it, but give me the whole breakdown on your side of things. <laughs> so,
2: I mean, the entrance, like, whatever. It's not a big deal. I don't, like, I get, like, Charlotte. I think, obviously, with her, I think it's better with Scarlett. But I think the way they see it, it's like a Mark Miro, like... Sable thing they feel like she'll get more over than he will she's attractive so and if that's the sense i don't care like i'd rather him be on his own whatever him losing i mean <laughs> not the greatest thing of all time i mean especially with what they're doing at NXT. if he like got called up and then nxt he wasn't on nxt anymore and like i just think the way they did it like i didn't mind that he lost the way that he lost but like Hardy, like, comes out, they beat, like, beats him in two minutes, food on the rope, like, so didn't lose clean, whatever. I just, like, wish, like, after he lost, he just didn't stand there like a dumbass, kind of like a little promo how he was, like, going to get revenge and then grab the belt and walk off. Like, he should have been ripped shit and, like, went out and beat the holy snot out of Jeff Hardy. Like, that would have been way better. Even if he lost, like, make the guy seem like like he's good. Like, he just came off like, like a limp loser. Like, he lost, grabbed his belt and walked on. I just... I get where the. I kind of don't mind him losing just because I feel like every guy that's undefeated, they're just like, oh my God, he's undefeated. And they bring it, like, once it get to the point that they eventually lose, people just don't care anymore. Like Rusev and a few other people, they built up, oh, he's undefeated, undefeated. And then they lose, and then they do nothing with him because, like, once the undefeated thing's done, they just have nothing else to do. So I kind of like that aspect of it. But if he's, like, jobbing every week now to Jeff Hardy and stuff, he's in deep trouble, but. I think he'll get his win back. Like I said, he didn't lose clean. We'll see what happens. Definitely not the greatest start, but I think we can we can pump the brakes on the guy's buried. He's ruined. If he's losing and getting jobbed in the next couple of weeks, I'll eat my hat. But I want to give him more time before I totally just give up on it.
0: I mean, looking at the bigger picture, though, do you think after this debut, they, they look at carrying cross as any sort of a difference maker on the show? I'm not saying he's going to move ratings, but I think if you portrayed him the right way upon arriving on Raw... It would be like, okay, this guy could be someone that he could feed with Lashley or a Drew, which they fucking need at this point. But after that debut, I mean, I, I, I just fucking hated it all around, but I think the bigger picture to me is why I don't like it. To me, it paints this idea that, okay, they don't seem as a big deal. They seem as a mid carter which, again, I've said this before, but it would be fine if it was LA Knight or someone like that, or I don't want anyone losing in their debut, but it would make a little more sense for someone like that after he lost to frigging Drake Maverick on Tuesday but Karrion Cross is supposed to be this... Mo- it's like if they if they debuted Braun and they had him lows like every match that he had when he first debuted. Like, I don't know. I'm just not a fan of it. Do you think this... What do you think this says about Karrion Cross's long-term future on the main roster in terms of how they see him as a main event star or less than that or whatever?
2: I mean, it's tough because I... F- I feel like they kind of, like you said, see him as more of a mid card guy. But I just feel like there was probably better ways. Even if he wasn't wrestling to debut him, like why, like you said, why couldn't they had Jeff Hardy face like Angel Garza, he wins, and then you have Cross come out hitting him with like that elbow that he does, and like just like stand over Jeff Hardy. Like Jeff Hardy's not the biggest deal, but he's like a. They kind of pumped him up. He's got the new music. He's former world champion. He's got some credibility. I think that would have probably came out better than him losing. But hopefully, he gets his wins back. They start putting some momentum behind them, um, but I, I unfortunately, they just aren't great at building stars. We already know that, so I, I hope he gets to like a main event level. But they always see—I feel like they see every guy at mid card level, and that's why no one ever becomes like a star.
0: That's the problem. I mean, you have a clean slate here with a guy that you could have made a top star. It depends on how you book these people, and that's someone that could be a top top guy. And you just made him look like a fucking jabroni on day one. I mean, even w- regardless of what they do next week, it's like, I don't know. No one that's a top star right now debut looking like that. I mean, that's just my point. Jeff Hardy, though, going back to him for a second, do you have any connection to the theme song like the rest of us do, or you just didn't care?
2: The Hardy Boys one resonates with me way better just because I grew up when Jeff Hardy was like three He was using the Hardy Boys one when he was by himself on Raw. Yeah. Is, like his old, like, SmackDown theme, but the Hardy Boys, like, but boom, boom, like, that one will always just be, like, one of my top favorites.
0: I think they should save that for whenever they team, assuming they ever team again in WWE, which might be unlikely at this point now that Matt's in AEW, but, yeah, no, I, I like the fact they brought back the music. He's a fucking rock star. I just don't know why they would, why would you wait this long to push the guy? I mean, now it's like, oh, let's push him at the expense of an NXT star. I just, I don't understand. Real quickly in NXT, do you see Joe and Cross being the uh, takeover main event for the title at this point after what, what, what happened on Tuesday? Yes. Yeah, so do I. Um, That's really about it, Mr. Marceau. Before I let you go, any other, you know, thoughts on A.W.W.W.? We got got Nick Gage and Chavito last night on Dynamite. I thought it was a good show. Texas Deathmatch main event. I enjoyed it. Definitely the weakest of the three live shows they've done so far on the road, but it was solid. Any other fleeting thoughts as we wind down here? I
2: was going to say, no, I can rip through Dynamite quick. Uh, The first match was fine. Honestly, Jericho, to me, like, he just looks like an old has-been at this point, unfortunately. Um, looks out of shape. Looks like he's not in it. Sean Spears. Like, can MJF just realize this guy's a fucking loser and move on? I <laughs> uh, love MJF on commentary. He wasn't, like, as annoying as Jericho normally is. The Nick Gage stuff, terrible. I mean, I don't even want to give credence to like, that. It's so bad. Uh, Britt Baker and the Rose was good for what it was. I mean, Britt Baker's mad over. Um, mm mm-hmm now especially with that crowd where were they two years ago when they're cropping all over but times have changed she's the hot thing now interested to see what they do with her next i mean there's not really a clear-cut contender at this point so we'll see what they do with her next but i think anything with her people will eat up which i don't blame them she's really over yeah um i didn't see orange casting the blade zip through that um dandrade stuff love seeing chavito back um Wish, like you said, they had the Uchavo, unfortunately,
0: copyright.
2: <laughs> Tony Khan probably could have given him 50 cents, and they probably would have gave it up, but it is what it is. I stand um, by
0: my Chavo rant from last week, by the way.
2: Oh, I don't. Big Chavo guy. Big <laughs> Chavo guy. Like, it literally, I think I like, went back and watched like all of the cl- classic Cruiserweight matches back in like oh three oh four. all yep.
0: that
2: stuff. <laughs> um, what else happened? Darby won. I mean... That was whatever it was. Um, Hangman, like I said earlier, if they don't put the belt on him and all out there, that is just mind-bogglingly stupid. I mean, yeah. they they were ripping their pants off last night when he hit the uh, buckshot on Carl Anderson, let alone if he hit it on Omega to win the belt. The place would go bizarre. So they don't do it there. The issue is I feel like their crowd, their fans, like they still care. So I guess they could wait it out. But I mean. No bigger pop would be for all out. I think it makes the most sense. You don't want him to lose again, so I would do it there. Make the most sense. The main event was fine. Hate the fork stuff. Zip through that. <laughs> Best part of it was that Moxie like technically didn't lose because like he was like counted out, I guess, or whatever the new Japan rules are. Like he couldn't get up or whatever the fuck. The death match. Yeah, so. it's a, it's
0: a last man standing match essentially.
2: So it is what it is. Fine with that. Archer's facing some random New Japan guy next week. Should be fine. Don't know anything about him. And I'm really excited for Revival and uh, Santana Ortiz next week.
0: Yeah, I'm looking forward to that match, too. That should be a lot of fun. I'm, I'm glad they're doing it. I'm a little surprised they're doing it on Fight for the Fallen. But maybe they build up a three-match series and they do it at... Uh... I don't know. I was going to say maybe do the third match in New York City, but I really want them to win the tag titles there. So I don't know. Who knows? But either way, I'm looking forward to next week. They got a lot of shit lined up. They got the 10 man tag. They got um, that matchup. They got Nick Gage, your favorite against Jericho. No DQ. Can't wait for that pizza cutter. Um, It's going to be great. But, uh,. Yeah, no, I agree. And they're doing Archer against this... I forgot his name. I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce it, but it's King haku from New Japan Pro Wrestling. IWGP, United States Heavyweight Title Defense. Is it going to be a one-week reign for Archer? Do they put the belt on him just to lose to this uh, New Japan guy? Because that's where the belt belongs anyway.
2: No, i an Archer problem.
0: <laughs> Get his biggest win of his career and then lose like the very next week. I would not be surprised at all. I honestly expect it at this point.
2: I agree. I mean, the guy... he's like Braun Strowman 2.0. Can never
0: win when it matters most. Yeah, I mean, he wins. But whenever they do give him the big win, then he loses the very next week. So I wouldn't be surprised. But we're going to have a lot to discuss more next week, Mr. Marceau. All these returns and debuts. We're back on the road. It feels so fucking good. Hopefully we get to see Mr. Marceau one of these months, one of these days. We only saw you a month or two ago, but it's already been too, too long. Hey, maybe we'll drive up there for SummerSlam at a movie theater, even though you're not interested.
2: Sounds good.
0: Can't wait, Mr. Marceau. Have a great one, and I'll catch your ass next week, brother.
2: Later.